I want to start with uh, you simulating five on five games in your driveway and kind of yeah. talk about how you got introduced to the game. Um, I mean, it's it's funny, but when uh, you know, um, I so in my hometown, like I, I had a hoop in my driveway for as long as I can remember. Um, I always had this really unique hoop too. Uh, like I had a thicker like a really thick rim for whatever reason. I mean, it's just whatever my dad bought and whatever came with it. Um, but I mean, that's besides the point, but my, um, I, uh, my house is in town, but I, I was pretty far away from my friends a lot of times, meaning, uh, most of my friends lived on the complete opposite side of town. Um, so there were a lot of times, you know, I was, a lot of times I was, if I wasn't, if I couldn't get over there for whatever reason, like I could always ride my bike or whatever across town. But, um, you know, when I was younger, I didn't do that a whole lot. So I was a lot of times just alone in my driveway for the entire day. <laughs> so, um, I don't, I, I, it, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to think about why I did like five on five games by myself and, you know, uh, just had that imagination with it. I can't really pinpoint, you know, why I started doing that, but I started having a lot of fun with it. And, um, you know, like I grew up watching, um, cause we only had like four or five TV channels. We didn't have cable or anything. So I grew up, I think when I was seven, I started watching basketball more and, um, obviously primetime NBA was on NBC, which we had. So that would have been like 99, 2000. So that would have been Shaq and Shaq and Kobe year at like wow. early on. So, um, I just, you know, remember probably being, you know, nine or 10 starting to do that five on five stuff and in, in the driveway and like you would pass like. I don't know, you'd catch reversal and like pass over. And then like, I'd always worry, like, it, it'd be funny. Like I'd see a car coming down the, down the road and I, all of a sudden I'd just stop and act like I wasn't doing that. <laughs> and then, Cause I was so embarrassed sometimes. And then, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why I did that, but I think I, I definitely know it didn't hurt to have that kind of imagination, you know? Um, so. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got those those stories shooting, you know, pretend buzzer beaters or recreating right. moments in their driveway right. as a young kid. And right. I know you've mentioned a little bit that you think that's helped you with, you know, your training along the way and being imaginative and having those scenarios. So that's, that's a really, yeah. Cool. Um, because I think a big, a big thing just in the, in the training space and just coaching space in general is, um, you know, and I grew up doing it with coaches too. They run, you know, you, when you simulate and work on things in a, uh, whether it's one on O meaning no defender or, you know, two on O or three on O, or then you get the five on O where, you know, you're practicing plays against nobody. Um, you're running break against nobody. Um, you know, there, I, I used to always think there's a time and place for it. Um, and then the, even like at the younger levels, because you're like, well, if you add defense and you have, you have kids that, you know, may not run defense perfectly or anything. It, at the end of the day, a, a body's a body. Um, 
so uh um just by getting some having somebody that's not letting you just go through them like air i think changes everything you know what i mean even if it's yeah so like even in like a skill workout if 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 we're doing something uh again i'm just throwing an example out if we're working on like a a finish at the rim or something rather than and again this may change the if you're working k through three like that that's different or if you're working but like if they're like fourth through sixth even um to an extent fourth through sixth grade even that load again to an extent like if you just instead of focusing so much on the actual like finish and stuff like that just you know have have somebody on them uh to where you know they're they're um they have to be you know they're learning out of it so they're having to be not not necessarily creative but they're they're actually have having to learn on their own um and, and you can make that defender easier or harder right you can just make it full on um you could make it to where uh, they have to play with their hands above their, they have to ha keep their hands above their head at all times. You can make it to where they have a, you can even have, I do this a lot, especially with younger kids. I love it. Um, the defender has a ball in their hands with mm -hmm. both hands on the ball and they have to put it, they have to have it above their head. They can block with the ball, which again, they something like when kids do it for the first time, they have fun with it. Cause it's like, they have a ball. They would never play yeah. defense with a ball above their head. Um, and then you can make it harder or, uh, harder on the offense. You, Say so you have to have the ball in at least one arm, um, you know, and you can switch it, type thing, or you have oh, the ball okay. in both hands, and like you can you can um, create contact with it, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm just big on, you know, so when so I'll circle back uh, to the point I'm trying to make is if you have no defender, if you are one on zero, if you are by yourself in a driveway you have to have, you know, some sort of imagination, mm -hmm. right? Cause a cone's a cone, isn't going to cut it. Um, you know, you could do anything against a cone. It's, it, it's a cone. Um, a chair is a chair. Like, uh, I think like gimmicky things, like you ever see those, uh, like the, like, uh, you can buy like dummy defenders and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that's silly to like, that's silly too, to an extent. Um, so I, I, I think imagination's extremely important because it's funny, like I, I've done, you know, stuff in workouts before where you work on something one on oh and then uh and then you go, Okay, use all right, now use it's just free flow. Use any of these three into this and then what they do makes no sense, like a kid driving to the basket and crossing over back and forth while he's driving like that makes no sense um so yeah i think i imagination is so important yeah yeah you see a lot of those types of things nowadays with all the trainers and yeah question a lot of that uh, yeah staying on the the early scene and and the driveway hoops uh you grew up in paxton correct yep okay what was the basketball scene like there growing up and who introduced you to the game? Was it your dad that put the ball? In yeah. Your hands? Yeah. Dad put the ball in my hands. Um, uh, his brother too, my uncle. Um, and, um, as far as the scene, I mean, I know my dad, like, uh, he coached me in like 
uh, like park district, like rec league stuff growing up. Um, but again, like there really wasn't, um, you know, early on, it was more that kind of stuff. And it's not, it's not, uh, it wasn't what it is now, obviously, as far as like, like year round or stuff, stuff like that, where, um, I was going to a bunch of stuff when I was younger, a lot of it was, um, on my own, but as far as like going to high school games and stuff, when I was younger, even, I really didn't even do that a whole lot. Um, it, it was truly like, if I had to, you know, break it down percentage wise, like it was truly like 80 to 85% was probably driveway. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, if you had to go to, uh, because like, even then, like, even when I got into high school, <clears throat> um, even when I got into high school, it's like, you can't get access to small town. Like you would think, you know, it, it was probably easier back then than it is it definitely easier than back then than it is now, but like getting into a gym, just your school gym is next to impossible unless you know somebody. So one of my, one of my best friends, his dad was the athletic director, but like, again, like we would only get, we would only be able to get in there if, you know, he got us in there at certain times when, you know, nobody's in there type thing. So, um, honestly growing up, I'd say, you know, even just being around like high school stuff, I just, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of that when I was younger. It was, it was driveway, driveway, driveway. So what was uh, your high school basketball experience? Like, where'd you go? And was, was high school around the time where you started taking basketball a little more serious? Uh, yeah, I'd say definitely going into, I started taking it more serious when, um, I'll remember this. Uh, so I went to PBL high school, so I'm from Paxton, Paxton, Buckley, Loda, it's just small towns kind of all co-op with each other. Um, but seventh grade, a summer, um, so this is, this is definitely when I started, um, taking it more serious, the summer going into my eighth grade year. So between seventh and eighth grade summer. So seventh grade, like I, I would, I was good, but we had a lot, we had a lot of talent for like junior high team. Like if we would have kept all those kids together through high school, we would have been phenomenal, but um a lot of things happened so um in that summer alone uh one of my friends his mom got caught um embezzling money from a bank she worked at wow so they up and left out of nowhere um and i've probably seen him i've probably seen him one time since that happened he came back for like a couple of days um, so they moved, never saw him again. He was a very fast, one of the fastest kids I ever knew, uh, point guard, everything, just tough kid. And then, um, what else? Oh, another kid, his dad. Um, um, so like a, like a, like a grain elevator. I don't know if you know what that is even. No, no. <laughs> <clears throat> Cause you're West coast. So yeah, yeah. When I say something like that, so 
it's just it's literally like a big cylinder steel cylinder they store like uh grain in basically okay so um and they're very very tall so he's working on one on the top of it big gust of wind and wow so um yeah that was bad and he moved after that um another guy uh, another teammate um his uh pretty tall kid just grew really early he was like he was six two as a seventh grader he moved to indiana over like his mom and dad splitting or something like that mm-hmm. um and then one last kid uh one of my friends got uh leukemia and um that knocked him out for uh um three years until he he passed Jeez. away my sophomore year of high school so like four guys right there that potentially, you know, were, you know, contributed or if not, like were some of the best guys we had and, you know, they all go away and I'm looking around and I'm like, all right, I'm, 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 I've always been taller than everybody. I just kind of had constant growth, but like, I've always been put underneath the basket. And the only time I would ever like, shoot something like in a game wise uh was free throws otherwise it was all like okay you're the tallest kid you go underneath the basket type thing and so i'm looking around after all this happens and i'm like okay i need to i i need to learn how to shoot like properly um so that's what i started attacking then and i tried to teach myself how to shoot better um and then that just kind of progressed through high school with help from various people. How'd you go about that? How'd you go about teaching yourself how to shoot? Honestly, I, I can't remember. I just, um, <laughs> trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of trial and error. Cause like, think about that. That so, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade, that would have been 13. So 20, what? 2024, 2025 or not 2024, it is 2024, uh, 2004, 2005. It's just like, you know, you don't, you don't have access to the type of stuff you have now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, all the training videos and all the training videos and the, just everything in general. So, um, trial and error. And, you know, that's a lot of what, uh, you know, coaching and training is right. You don't know if something's going to work until you actually try it. Um, so a lot of trial and error, but then when I got to high school, I had a lot of help along the way. And then after high school, you went to play college yep. locally. Yeah. Yep. Uh, about an hour away from where I, where I live and that's where I live now. Um, oh, okay. uh, I played at Illinois Wesleyan, which is a, uh, uh, one of the better D threes in, um, Illinois. Were you looking at any other schools or did you know you wanted to stay? Um, they, um, you know, it, I mean, I could have gone like small, probably like really small division one, uh, some division twos, but like, they just, you know, they didn't pursue me like, uh, like Wesleyan did. And, um, what really sold me, I love, I love the head coach, Ron Rose, who's still there today. Um, one of the nicest guys in the world. And, uh, 
The real selling point, though, was uh, the assistant coach because he reminded me. Uh, this is Coach Dave Feeney. Um, he reminded me so much about of my uh, high school assistant coach, uh, Mark Copley, that was in uh, when I was at PBL. So that was a real selling point. It was just they were very similar people. Um, so that sold me on there. What was your time at Illinois Wesleyan like? Um, so that was, uh, that was 2011 to 15. Um, I, I love the school. Uh, I love the people there and the connections I got there because if I wouldn't have went there, um, I would not have gotten a, as good of a start to my training business as I would have, uh, when I moved back. Cause as, as when I moved back, like immediately, like you, you use the, you use, um, you know, that affiliation that you played at Illinois Wesleyan, like you, you say that in Bloomington normal and all of a sudden you kind of get like, uh, not special treatment, but they're like, okay, he's, you know, kind of confirms you have an idea of what you're doing, I guess. Um, or like that, I don't know that you're a good person. <laughs> I, do, yeah. I don't know, but like, it's, it's, it's good to be affiliated with that university. Um, and, uh, so anyway, like, um, me playing there. So when I got there, I wasn't much of a like perimeter player and they wanted to turn me into one. And I was also, I think, I think it was six, eight, one eighty when I got there. So I was like very, very skinny. So freshman year was just, you know, back to the drawing board, like all development. And, you know, at a D three university, you don't have you don't have coaches like putting you through workout workouts or anything, you know, now they might. Um, but you had to do a lot on your own or hope that, um, um, hope that like one of the, one of the seniors, I remember my freshman year after every practice, like he would take me to the weight, weight room for 30 minutes and just every practice would take me to the weight room and just put me through something. Um, so freshman year was really kind of develop, um, develop into like more of a perimeter, perimeter type player. Uh, so I was more comfortable out there. And then the summer, the summer going into my sophomore year, I, um, I messed up my ankle about two weeks before school started. And then that kind of spiraled into total of three ankle surgeries. And by the time you knew it, it I, graduated and I was done. So, um, wow. yeah, I was, I was part of, uh, but I never quit. I thought, I, I mean, doubt kind of went, came and went every once in a while, but I never quit and I kept, kept coming back from it. But, um, I was on, you know, I was on the team of, uh, two teams that went to final fours, um, which again is great, but, at at the end of the day, I I honestly feel like I wasn't really a part of them because I didn't contribute like I like I hoped. Obviously, I'm on the team, but um, never felt like I really did anything. Wow, what was what were some of those mental struggles like watching you know team being on those teams go to the final four? Uh, and sitting at the end of the bench in warmups and never putting on a jersey that 
and then always being in like a boot or a cast or whatever it may be. Um, not, not great. Not fun. <laughs> not fun. Um, not, not always fun, but like just, uh, yeah, just staying positive through it all. I just knew I, if I quit, I'd miss it. So yeah, you said no you matter thought about, what, thought about quitting a couple of times. What, what kept you coming back? I mean, usually people consider that after one, maybe two injuries and with, with three yeah. on the same. Anchor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I just, I just, I think that's a big thing is I just knew because some people quit and they're like, yeah, they miss it for, you know, um, because that happened at, at what that happens at Wesleyan actually quite a bit and probably at multiple division. Actually, I know it happens at other division three universities even because they, you know, they get a lot of kids on their teams. So like my sophomore year, we had 29 guys, 29, 29. I didn't know yes. you could roster that many guys. Uh, well, they're not, you don't put them all officially <laughs> on a roster, but 29 guys like the you know our guys organizing open gyms and just and like weight sessions and conditioning set it it was wild you felt like you're on a football team or a yeah. baseball team at times yeah what was a practice like with 29 guys nuts nuts <laughs> you're not you know if you're not if you're not like even top 20 guy like you're yeah. Good luck getting a rep. Like <laughs> I've never know, heard you, that before. Wow. It's it's nuts. And um the problem is it's like, you know, they recruit that many guys because um and that that was that was crazy. Um I think the rest of my time, you know, it probably hung around 22, 23. If I remember I just remember my sophomore year. Um 29 was the number i'm just like God, you gotta really like it if it's 29 <laughs> guys like um but the reason they do that is uh you know and i remember when i was being recruited uh coach rose told me this there's like different tiers of how they do do the recruiting it's like okay there's that first tier where it's like okay we want we want you we're actively pursuing you type thing um, we can see you being like a four-year guy. Uh, then you got, you know, kind of second tier, which is, um, yeah, we we want you. Um, you know, we're, we promise you two years to maybe get better, figure it out, um, and then kind of kind of see what happens from there. And and then there's tier three where it's like, okay, you can you can come, but we're not you know, we're not promised, we're not giving you anything, you know, we're not saying, Hey, this is what we want to see from you going for it. Like maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Hmm. Um, but what's funny is like those, those tier two guys sometimes end up being big time. So I played with a guy that was quote unquote, a tier tier two guy that was a year older than me. And he ended up being like, uh, he ended up being all American. Wow. So like you never know. Yeah. Were you a tier one guy going in? Uh yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, you know, I knew I had to develop too though. Like yeah. I was I was I was 
I remember, I remember it always being like potential potential is a word. Um, you know, I had potential six, eight wide frame, uh, can learn to play on the perimeter, you know, could be an asset. Um, but it's like, I felt really good going to my sophomore year before that injury happened because I was work. I was actually working with a, a, uh, a guy named Kevin Ratch, uh, lefty. We were like the same height ish and, um, he was playing high level overseas basketball. He actually, I got connected with him through, uh, coach Rose because coach Rose coached him when he was in high school. Um, so that's kind of, that's where I got my first taste of like, like I can, oh, I can work individually with somebody to better myself. Like somebody can put me through a workout type thing. That's where I got my first taste of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, from, from that standpoint, um, I don't know how we spiraled to this, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think it was from like, I just never, I, I can't say I never thought about quitting, but it's, I, I just know if I would have quit, I would have wanted it back. Like I would have kept thinking about it. I don't think I could have just walked away from it. Yeah. Did you have hopes of playing overseas after college before those injuries? Was that your plan? Um, college I, was it? you know, what's funny. Like, I really don't know. Um, I really don't know. Like before the injuries, you mean? Yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to play like even, um, even looking back with, uh, even looking back at like being recruited or like, like high school going into college, I remember not even, it's funny. Cause I think about it and I, I think about how much people are worried, like kids are worried, like think about what college they're going to play play at and getting recruited and getting noticed so early. Like when I was ninth, 10th grade, I didn't think about that at all. Like I just wanted to play. And like, I didn't, I didn't go to like all the exposure things, this showcase stuff, um, AAU. I didn't do any of that. I just, I just worked. Yeah. Um, and like I didn't do AAU until I only did two years of it and terrible experience. I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Yeah. So it was so annoying to me. And even, even like my mom who would go to all this stuff and, you know, bless her heart. She'd take me to everything. And it's just like, I could see the frustration on her face too, even though she was just like, maybe like she was so hopeful that each thing we went to is going to be better. And it's like, okay, you do all this stuff and then you end up at a school that's an hour away that would have seen you anyway. Yeah. What, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> it's, it's silly. Yeah. All the, the AAU and the social media and it's you want so or bust. Yeah. It's, it's so a, silly. That's a whole episode in itself. <laughs> I know it's like, um, there's a kid I work with that goes, uh, he's at IMG Academy right now, wow. uh, Cole Serta. Um, and he was in the, he was in an Under Armour event, uh, this summer, this past summer, 
uh, the Elite 24, okay, uh, which was in Atlanta. And I went out to that with them um, just because I thought it'd be cool to go out and, you know, do that because that's, you know, a really big deal to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what's funny is like you watch these. So like I watched like the practice, like the practices they had and then they had a then they had a scrimmage. Um, they had like development stuff and then they did a scrimmage. Uh, where they split the kids and it, you know it it wasn't the main event but it was a scrimmage like a practice scrimmage thing where they kept score and everything like that so they played it like an actual game of refs and everything like that and then um you know you go and then you know I'm hanging out with his dad most of the weekend and we go eat eat lunch or late lunch or something like that and we're looking through just like Twitter and like different socials and stuff like that and different clips. Cause there's videographers and photographers everywhere, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then you got all these guys writing like little bits about players and stuff. And like, you'll watch clips of certain guys or you'll read like a tweet or something like that uh, of what one or some of these kids did. And you're like, he played he didn't play good at all. Like he didn't do anything, but they got this big long write up and all the, all these promising things about him. I'm like, yeah, but like he, he didn't do anything. Like it, <laughs> it's so, it's so over, overhyped and overblown. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So, um, so after those injuries, I know you talked a little about, um, that was kind of when you started to get more into the training scene, trying to rehab yourself back. And yeah. a little bit. Of, you started watching some pure sweat basketball stuff, which at the time, I mean, Drew Hanlon and pure sweat are, was nowhere near what they are now. So yeah. Talk about yeah. what that was like and watching those videos and Drew Hanlon's impact on you. So, um, it's funny. Cause I like went through everything like, uh, like the OG, in the training space was guys like Gannon Baker, uh, if you know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember even looking at his, some of his stuff before I found Drew um, or the other one uh, that was kind of early in the game that, um, you know, uh, Michael Lancaster, I think, that does like that I'm possible stuff. So, um, but then I found Drew and I'm like, well, this his stuff actually makes sense um to me uh from a it, when i was like putting self through workout because i'm watching this stuff and i'm like oh yeah i actually do what he's working on i actually do that in a game like it makes i would actually do what he's doing in a game and now he put it into a workout form that's like that makes sense to you um and yeah i just fell in love with stuff i remember i immediately his first app that he came out with it was a little little buggy, but I think all apps were even in, you know, 2012, 13, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it worked and I just, I, I kept going. I just remember always going back to it. I just wanted more and more and more. And I always kept going back to it. And then you went to a camp, correct? So, so yeah, so basketball is all over. I mean, I 
I don't even remember how I connected the dots or like what I was or what the what the what it said about the clinic or anything like that or I never even remember if how I came to the decision to go to it um this was after your college career yeah so this is second semester of senior year you know season ends we lose second round of the NCAA tournament um and then I never had a spring break like a bunch of us had a bunch of my uh buddies had never actually gotten a spring break because we were always in the NCAA tournament uh so we did that (laughs) we did that um we actually we planned the whole trip on our on our bus ride back home and then we left like we drove through the night and did that for a week um down to florida and then um i get back and i'm like okay basketball's done i i thought about um and i did visit uh, University of Illinois Springfield and I put a bunch of feelers out because I was like okay I'm finally I'm back to healthy now um, I was back healthy uh, that second half of the season but by then it's like too late and like what rotation are you going to break by then yeah um, you know two and a half three years and that and now you're ready to go like it's over so um so I was like, okay, maybe maybe I want one more year. And I remember, I remember visiting UIS and talking to them about fifth year. And they were like, oh yeah, we'd be good with it. And and then the minute they showed me a classroom, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to go to school. Um, I'm done. Like I'm I'm ready to start life. And then, so back to like the pure sweat thing. I saw Drew was doing a clinic. Uh, in St. Louis, where he was teaching his entire curriculum at the time. And he doesn't go about clinics like that anymore. But at that time, um, he's going to teach it, you know, entire clinic or whatever. And I knew not I I didn't know going in, he was going to have like a separate meeting where like, hey, we're trying to grow this. Anybody interested, you know, stick around type thing. I had no idea. I was just going because I was so interested in him. I was so interested in what he did and that that type of thing so i um so i was doing all these interviews uh and even second interviews in chicago uh like middle of the week like i would take class classes off class time off uh to go you know do these interviews for sales jobs and marketing jobs in chicago and over and over just no 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 i wouldn't get anything i thought interviews would go awesome and then week later nope so uh i remember my last interview was uh at groupon i don't even know if groupon's a is groupon (laughs) a thing anymore kyle groupon a thing (laughs) i have no idea um and (laughs) i'm I remember being in there and uh, I was there. There was a woman interviewing me and then she said, okay, well, I'll, I'll uh, uh, be right back. And then uh, another higher up came in and talked to me for a while. And then he left and he was gone for like, I swear I was in there for like 30 minutes by myself. And I'm just like, 
I'm like, what, are we, what is going on? So he finally comes back and, um, one of the funnier things, uh, and I haven't told a lot of people this and I don't know, I, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know why I said it. I, I think it was just funny. So I said it, but he goes, you know what, Brandon, after, uh, you know, you know, going over some of your answers you gave, uh, you know, so-and-so, and then just talking to you here, it's like, um, he goes, it, you really don't sound like you even want this job, do you? <laughs> and I go, and I, and, and I, I replied, you know what? I think you're right. Have a good day. Wow. <laughs> and I walked out. So, uh, so I might've been going into that with my mindset on going into the pure sweat thing anyway. Okay. So did you go to the pure sweat camp with the mindset of I'm going to try to be a trainer or you no. just, you just uh -uh. liked Drew and wanted to see what it was about. It was yeah. Nice. I just okay. went to, went to go. And then when he had that 30 minute meeting on the side, I was like, Oh yeah, let's do that. Like, why would I not hear what he has to say type thing? So, and then it's like, um, you know, is, you know, info here, like, this is what we're looking to do. This is what we want to do. This is our kind of plan of growth type thing, but it was very loose and like, not, it wasn't, um, you know, you know, super like in place type thing, but he was like, okay, you know, when you go back to your, wherever home is like, here's my number, uh, here's my email go prove, go prove, not just to us, but prove to yourself, like you can get a, not necessarily a following, but like you can do this on your own and like you can get a book of business type thing. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And uh, I did that for a year and, you know, I tried doing it out of my hometown of Paxson, which is hard because then it's like, you're only attracting, you know, one, you're only attracting local kids. And I was at the time, like I didn't even have an Instagram, uh, whenever that was 2015, uh, the summer of 2015 and then going into 16, but, um, from doing stuff on Facebook. So I get local kids every once in a while, I get, you know, champagne kids, but it's like small town, like there's no gym. There's no gym space. I can't get into my high school. Um, I somehow got into one of the old junior highs uh, before now it's torn down. But uh, like I was sneaking into gyms and like uh, I knew enough janitors in town. But like I knew like I was getting into gyms that I knew I wasn't supposed to be in. And like I was doing some trainings with the lights off and stuff just wow. so I wouldn't get caught. Um and then I even got a coaching gig, a freshman coaching gig at a high school about 30 minutes away or 20 to 30 minutes away. And I did trainings there, here and there, uh, but not, like nothing crazy. And uh, like, I remember that summer, I, I remember that summer when I did, like I'm not a good golfer by any means at all, but I would either golf in the morning and I was living off graduation party money. Um, <laughs> I would golf in the morning and then train like a few kids at night, or I would train like a handful of kids in the morning and I would golf the rest of the day. 
Like that's all I did for that whole summer. And then after a while, you know, you know, and even when I went to Champaign, I was doing it out of a YMCA and, you know, you got to, so I had to pay for a YMCA membership and then like, you're technically not supposed to do training and stuff in there. And like, you got all these balls bouncing, all these kids running everywhere. And like, it's just not, it's not, it's not a good environment. And when you're only working with one kid, like you're not being paid that individually, you're not being paid enough either. So it's like, after a while, I'm like, well, man, I'm not making any money at all. Um, so I had to, I got an actual job uh, in, I actually did get an actual job in the, in the suburbs a while after that, about a year down the line. Where was that? That was in Chicago? Uh, not in Chicago. It was in the suburbs. I think Skokie, Skokie, okay. Illinois. How, how'd that go? So you stopped training altogether at that point? Stop training altogether. Uh, I, I also moved up there. There was a girl I was dating from Bloomington. Uh, out of she was a student at Illinois State, uh, but she was from the suburbs too. And uh, when you know she graduated, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, and I, I, I don't regret it now because uh, if I wouldn't have done all that, like this, what I have now would probably would have never happened. Um, but I did move up there for her and to get a desk job like a uh i was a uh um i worked in like logistics uh basically so i was on the phone like for 10 hours 120 phone calls a day uh basically the company i worked for had these customers and those customers had this product and there's these all these trucking companies so customer customer pays us this, I try to get the, the uh, trucking company to do it for this. And then our company makes the middle. So, so at that point, basketball was done for you? No. Uh, yeah, as far as from a like training aspect or anything like that. So but like, as far as like playing, I played every single day. Okay. I played every single because like, you're sitting at a desk for 10 hours a day, like, drinking coffee, eating garbage, drinking. Uh, one of our customers that, at that company was Monster. Uh, so I got, a, I got a little far into Monster Energy drinks, which wasn't good. Uh, and like by the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I can either sit around at home or like go hoop. So I just, I hooped all the time. There was a, uh, there was a fitness place, um, like a fitness club or something, like a mile from where I live. So. That's all I did. I want to read a quote from a previous interview. Okay. After being in Chicago for nine months, I had hit rock bottom. Three months in, my girlfriend dumped me. I hated my job, making 100 plus phone calls per day, working long hours and making base pay. I missed my family and friends who lived two and a half hours away. After having a conversation with a close friend while being home in Paxton, I decided to take a chance at the basketball training. I quit my job. Moved back to Bloomington normal. With $300 in my name, I moved into a small house with three other people I didn't know and got to work. While I was starting my business, I drove Uber on the weekends at night, and I was a substitute teacher during the week. Wow. That sounds like a... I mean, you said it, rock bottom. 
talk yeah, a little bit about that's... that experience and and what the transition and decision was like to to get out of that and, and right. try try a basketball again. And you know what's funny? That's a thing. That's a guy with a college degree from a university that has an eighty eight percent job placement rate. Wow. <laughs> so it's like. Like looking back, did did you need the college degree? No. Um, did the experience and uh, the people you met along the way, and the fact that you know that university is so respected in the local, like just this in a sixty mile radius, yeah, that's that was important. Um, but as far as like, yeah, that rock the rock bottom part. I mean, you, you pretty much said it all. Um, I was in a very, very low place. <laughs> um, and you know what, another guy, um, that I actually, one guy that I met, uh, while I was up there probably kept me, he helped me at least keep, keep myself sane through it all. Um, and I haven't talked to him in a long time. Um, but I met him, I met him randomly when I was, ho when I was hooping at one of the other rec, uh, other fitness clubs. Cause there, there's like, there's like a chain of fitness clubs everywhere. So like, if you go to a different one in a different suburb, like it's a different gym, like the gym's different. Uh, the people are obviously different. You're playing against different people. Um, it's just they're they're all spread out all over the place. So I remember one day I just went to a different one and I met him. Uh, his name is Fred, and uh, I I got to know him and his wife pretty well. And uh, the funny thing is, he was actually playing. Um, he was playing in a rec league in uh, in in inside of Chicago, like in the city of Chicago. And he was playing with a bunch of Illinois Wesleyan graduates that had just that when I was an incoming freshman, they had just graduated. So I knew of them because I met them on my visits and everything. So um, so I got added to their their uh, rec team or whatever, their their league team, their men's league team and stuff like that. So he helped me stay somewhat sane through it all uh, just because, you know, I he's the only guy I hung out with when I was, when I lived there. Um, we would just do hoops or, you know, go out, whatever else. Uh, and then it, otherwise it's like, I was probably, I'd say I was home probably 75, 80% of all my weekends. Cause it's just like, if I just, if I hang out here, like I'm going to want to drive myself crazy. <laughs> So uh -oh. you so you go home. You're driving Uber on the weekends, subbing as, yeah. a, as a teacher during the week. Was that kind of the point where you're like, I'm going to make this basketball training work? Or well, yeah, I had, I had to. Um, I remember when my mom and dad, when my mom and dad moved me, because like the pictures didn't do that place justice at all. Uh, you know, you see a picture of something and then you go see it in person and you're like, oh, that's not what I expected type thing. Um, <laughs> even I had that feeling like I remember we moved my uh, we we packed everything up the morning. 
you know, in the morning on a Saturday in Chicago, drove it all down and unloaded everything that night, that same night. And we started unloading everything and we're just, and my mom's like, my mom and dad are like, Brandon, what have you done? <laughs> Cause I, I, I joke with people. I, I was literally, I was living in a Harry Potter closet. Jeez. It was bad. Um, but I mean, it was, I didn't care where I was living because, so I, I literally had a whole studio apartment, like a pretty big, pretty big studio apartment for like suburbs and stuff. And it was nice. But then I, I really downgraded. I really downgraded. And you're sharing it with three people um, that I never saw. Like I hardly ever saw them. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, I, I was just like, this is it. Like, this is, this is it. And I, I did those three things together as, as, as long as I felt like I had to. So what was, what was it like building your training at that time? Um, so again, being from Illinois, uh, you know, being affiliate, having that affiliation with Illinois Wesleyan really helped. Um, one of my teammates when I played there, Mike Mayberger, um, he actually, he was actually at the time coaching a junior high, a junior high boys team. And, you know, the, the first step, obviously you got to lock down gym space. If you don't have a gym, you can't do it. Um, except when it's COVID, then you do it at the park, um, which I did for a whole summer, which was looking back. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, I would never want to do it again, but, uh, it was a lot of, it was interesting just to make things work. And, um, so Mike kind of, I asked Mike if we could have a meeting between him and the principal and like, uh, of the school it's a private Catholic school. So normally a lot of the, you know, the religious schools, uh, whether it's Lutheran, Catholic, uh, whatever it may be, um, you know, Christian, whatever it may be, they usually, they usually are a little more open to doing things with people like that. Um, so it was great. It was a great first summer. Um, you know, and I, I worked like Illinois Wesleyan's, uh, basketball camp, like their summer camps and stuff like that, which I had already been doing like every summer anyway, uh, since being a player there. And I still do it when they, when they need a, when they need an extra hand and if I can make it work in my schedule. Uh, but, um, you know, flyer flyers everywhere. Obviously I'm not a big flyer guy anymore because social media is so crazy. Um, but you know, um, yeah, that's just trying to be everywhere you could be, uh, and, and doing it that way. Um, but like the journey up until where I'm at now, it's like, I had to like, my gym situation would change every, every year would be different. So I started in that school and then it's like, oh man, this, so then like the higher up above the parental, like just the principal was like, we're seeing this guy in there a lot more than we originally thought. Like we got to scale it back a little bit. <laughs> and then they start like limiting this and that. And it's like, okay, this isn't going to work. So then I coach freshman girls basketball at one of the high schools here in town. And then, uh, so the AD there, he was cool with it. 
So I had a key, I had a key to their gym. You know, I kind of did it around our practices, other people's practices on the weekend. Uh, I also, there's a huge church, Eastview church right next to it. Um, where they have like, they have a huge court, 12 baskets. And, you know, I got close with the, uh, program director there, the youth program director there. Um, and at the time, like I was able to get space there, you know, just by, uh, I would ref, I would do free, free camps and stuff for them. Uh, I would even ref like flag football. Uh, I would just do anything I could, uh, to give them my time for the gym. And then, you know, same thing started happening at, at the school that I coached at. It's like they, after a year, after the first year there, that second year, they had a new AD and he did, he didn't like me in, in there at all. He's, he kind of had the view like, well, why should, why should I allow you to be in there type thing? So then I had to, I had to get out of that, um, stop coaching there. And then same thing happened at the church. It's like, the higher ups were like, uh, he's in here a lot. I know he's not causing any problems, but he's in here more than he, than I, they thought I should be. So, and, and again, that just down the line, it, it just went like that until I finally got my own space. So what was the first time you were like, Oh, I really, you know, hit a turning point. I think I can, can do this full time and make this a career where there was a big, was there a big break or any moment specifically that you remember? Um, it, it's been, it, it's really been just a gradual, I'd say it's really been a gradual thing. Um, there was never, I never really had a real like giant spike. Um, trying to think if there were any like giant spikes. I mean, starting out like the the first like bigger name I had um, that was in town, like he always wanted to work and we grew really close. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't consider that like a, you know, a big break or like a like a turning point or anything like that. Um, no, it's it, it's hard to think of just one um you know there were there's been like little miles i i'd say there's like milestones along the way no real like turning point but like milestones where you where i've sat back and i'm just like okay this is um this is cool this is like it like i made i made the right decision yeah what uh what was the biggest thing that you had? What was the most important decision you've made to get to that point? Is there a decision mm -hmm. that you think affected that the most? Or like, I wouldn't have been here without making that decision? Um, well, I mean, well, I mean, I, I think the, I, th I think when I decided I was going to move back and try this, because I, I knew when I moved, when, when I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this suburb Chicago life. Like I, I don't like it. I, I don't like anything about where I'm at. I, I didn't like myself even. Um, but like, I remember going home and, uh, the person that, you know, got me to think about this and like actually pull the trigger, um, 
like growing up, he was the neighbor. Uh, he was my neighbor back home across the street. And he has two sons that are, are like my brother today. Um, you know, he's also been like a father figure to me too. I mean, my dad was great growing up and everything. Um, but I, I really felt like I had like a, a second set of parents even when I was growing up, just cause I was over there a lot with their kids and stuff. Um, and it's funny, we're literally sitting in his, where we had late, like we, we've had, I've had tons of late night talks with him, but like, we're just, we're sitting in his hot tub, just kind of hanging out, listening to country music. Like we would always do. And then I just, he asked me about how things were going and where I was at. And I just kind of, I just kind of let all of it, I, I let everything out. And he, um, yeah, he kind of picked apart and he's like, why don't you just do this? If you want this so bad, like, and I was, yeah, it didn't take much convincing. I was just like, you know what? You're right. Type thing. So, and I just did it. Um, and I, you know, cause like the situation I was in wasn't good anyway. So like how, how much worse could it get type thing? So, um, I think the other thing too, is like, I, growing up, uh, I was always, uh, my grandpa ran a, uh, his own construction business for like 40 to 50 years. So uh, I think I've always grown up like not wanting, um, you know, when I work or something like that, I'm not big on people telling me what to do or, or like how to necessarily do things. Um, or working for somebody else necessarily. Like I've just never been a huge fan of that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another reason I kind of got, uh, why I, you know, do run my own business. I obviously take opinions and stuff from people, but not like taking orders and stuff like that. So, yeah. Talking about some on court stuff a little bit, your on court training. Uh, how do you go about developing your style of training? What's, what's your learning process like? Um, you know, uh, obviously I was mentored by Drew Hanlon, um, and kind of, I think the way I go about things was probably shaped by him very, very early and still is obviously I'm still with pure sweat. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I, I think I, I will never break that tie. There's no reason to break that tie. I mean, I have a good relationship with Drew, um, Rich, the COO. Um, and I and, and I have good relationships with uh, multiple guys that are part of Pure Sweat that are some of my best friends that I I wouldn't have if it wasn't for being a part of that. So, um, I think early on was shaped like that, and then you know. And I literally, I, I messaged another, um, cause there's so much like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, there's so, so much stuff. And there's, there's a million ways to do things, but I think anymore, the way I learn, I mean, I learn every time I'm on the court, you know, sometimes it's cut and dry, but like, uh, on, you know, it, it's the same thing over and over. Like I've taught it the same way every time. And maybe you, you don't always learn something new, but, um, uh, a good example would be, 
like on Sundays right now, most kids are in season still. So Sunday's a big day. And I do like sharpshooter Sundays. So it's all shooting. So like uh, I've got four groups of those, you know, eight to 12 kids in each of them, um, hour and a half each. So six hours of that. So, and they're all remotely doing the same thing. Excuse me. And then, but like, as they progress, the kids either get older or, you know, farther along so you can make it more complicated towards the end. Uh, but overall they're, we're accomplishing the same, same stuff, whatever we're working on. So it's like, when you do back to back to back to back of the same thing, you know, you, you try not to get on autopilot because shooting's very like individual, but um, like I can catch myself getting on autopilot, but then like everything, it's like a kid, it's like a comedian, right? So comedians have to come up after they put out a special hour special. Well, now everybody's heard that. So now they have to create a whole thing of material. So it's like, think of it like that. If my workout, my first workout, I'm like, eh, that wasn't, you know, my wording wasn't sharp or something like that. Or the way I demonstrated wasn't sharp. Okay. Now it's going to be sharper the second time. And the third, by that fourth time, I could, I could, I could do it in my sleep. Um, but as far as like a training style, uh, going back to like, there's so much on Instagram and social medias and stuff like that. I had a conversation, uh, with a, uh, trainer over Instagram DMS the other day. And I, I messaged him and he's got a really good following, but I messaged him. I'm like, man, I love, uh, like some of the live games and, uh, like one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three stuff. I love the stuff you're putting out. Like, I asked them if uh, you ever want to get on a call and like trade notes on stuff or just um, I'll give you this, this stuff I have from this guy and you give like, it's very, I think that's how it should be. Cause like coaches steal stuff from other coaches constantly. Yeah. Nobody's you coming know? up with anything new anymore. No, no, but yes and no though. Like I, I love to like, if I'm just flipping through, what, what I've been doing lately is I've been trying to make my algorithm better on social media. So I'm constantly seeing the guys are like different types of things, because if I find something, I, you know, maybe I don't like it, but I think I could take it and find a use for it that has purpose. Then I, then I'll just try it. Like my last social media post that my, uh, my media guy uh, put out, uh, the first thing I say, um, you know, it's a Wednesday workout. We it we do uh, handle the rock Wednesdays, so it's literally handles for like an hour and a half. A lot of kids want uh, really popular, and um, the first thing I say on the video is, "All right, wing it Wednesday," because it's like, and what I mean by that is like I have a bunch of new stuff I just want to try. You know, and if it doesn't work, if I see it's not working, but I structure it. So if I see it's not working, I'll move on really quick. I'll, I'll, I'll just, okay, scratch that. That didn't work. Um, or if I think I didn't teach something the right way, maybe I'll, I'll try it again later. Um, but again, like, 
I don't know what we were talking about earlier. Uh, oh, just uh, me learning how to shoot and stuff like that. It's trial and error. It's trial and error. Yeah. That's that's all it is. That's all, you know, coaching and training is. It's trial and error. Until you find – and then you try to poke holes in everything you're doing. Yeah, I think like, you said it perfect with – I mean, you're doing four sessions, and then by the time you get to the fourth, yeah, you're you firing should be. on all cylinders. Yeah, you're yeah. learning as you go. Yeah, for sure. If you had to give a TED Talk on a specific basketball – nuance what do you what do you get what do you feel like you've mastered what do you are you talking about pick and roll are you talking about catch and shoot threes mid-range pull-ups perimeter defense what's your what do you think your specialty is or your area of expertise i i think i've gotten i think i've and i i think i've gotten really good at just shooting mechanics um and by no means uh did it come from uh by no means did it come from just me me figuring it out at all um but again like taking things from different guys i think is is so important and then like really figuring out okay why why is he saying it this way or why is he teaching this this way um you know because the way, for example, the way Drew Hanlon may correct somebody's shot versus, um, you know, this guy's not a mentor of mine, but uh, I, I've had conversations with him here and there. And, you know, I bought some of his, his shooting programs and stuff like that. Uh, his name's Mike Dunn. Um, um, he is he is awesome. Uh, from a shoot and that's all he does his his program's called keep shooting it's called keep shooting subscription <clears throat> so like he works with kid he works with players and kids like all over the world like um and communicates with them through like whatsapp or whatever um but i learned a ton from him on shooting and i've really taken a lot what he teaches on shooting now the way he teaches shooting from the way Drew teaches shooting, night and day different. I've taken things from both of them. Uh, I've taken things I like from Mike more than I like Drew and vice versa. Um, and I think I've gotten my stuff to a style that I think I can kind of pick apart the, uh, may it be a problem or uh, that needs to be corrected or maybe an adjustment or an improvement that needs to be made. I think I've gotten really, really good at, I think that's probably the best, the thing I'm best at is that. Um, and it, it's probably a reason why those, you know, sessions are so, uh, one of the reasons why those sessions are so um, popular. Um, at the same time, the minute you think you know everything, you don't. Uh, and uh, a perfect case of that is, as I say, I'm really good at, you know, correcting shooting mechanics and stuff like that. There was one kid that's an eighth grader. I cannot not like everything we did look like I'd video it and I'd watch it. I'd, I'd watch it from all angles and I'd watch it. And one, and one day I spent like an hour just watching and I'm like, I don't see anything wrong. And then I can't figure out why 
when it comes off his hand, it's spinning the way it is, mm. or it, it was something like that. And so I'm, I'm in a group text with a few of my pure sweat buddies and I send them the videos and I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm stumped. Got any ideas? And one of them immediately goes, Oh bro, it's right there. I'm like, Oh, now I sit, you know how you look at something for so long and you can't Too see something. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, or you're just, you don't step away and you're like, I'm not moving until I figure this out. Like it was one of those. Um, and after that correction or after they pointed that out, may pointed that out, may completely changed my process on the order I go about making that specific correction. Wow. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like you got a good group of guys to yeah. keep you in check so, with that Yeah, stuff. for sure. For sure. And they all do it too. I mean, if one of us, I mean, cause it, it's just everybody and, and everybody has, every, everybody can have a different opinion too. And that's, what's, that's, what's great about it. Yeah. There's no one way to shoot. You no. see, you see all these guys in the NBA and no, and you know what? Sometimes there's yeah. a crazy looking shot, but it goes in and yeah. Like, uh, one of the best shooters I ever worked with, um, was the most unconventional thing I've ever seen. Uh, his name was, uh, Zach Knobloch. He played kid that transferred to Illinois Wesleyan. So that's how I got in with him. Uh, and he transferred to Illinois Wesleyan. He played like a year and a half and then ended up a year and a half longer ended up quitting. He could only do one thing, shoot. And he was really good at it. But this is it. This is what it looked like. He would do this. <laughs> And his whole lower body would twist wow. and turn. And so it was just, just like knock a it flick, down still. flick, 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 flick. <laughs> and like his workouts were, his workouts were literally like, um, for example, I had some of my own shooting drills, like with, or shooting challenges, like with records and stuff on them. And then, you know, with, through pure sweat, you know, Drew has a ton of these shooting challenges with, with records on all of them. Uh, our, uh, my, my workouts with him were literally, I'd, I'd bring, you know, I'd just open up the, uh, records on my phone. And I'm like, all right, which one, all right, let's try to beat this one today. <laughs> and then if we beat it and had enough time, it's like, okay, which now, which one do we, okay, this one. Okay, great. And sometimes he would beat it. You know, most of those are, um, most of the challenges, like, you would expect you need another you need another body to either rebound or pass he was breaking these challenges with just me rebounding wow so it's like and all he did was <laughs> he'd flick and then his lower body would twist with it it was so but it's like there's no reason to correct anything yeah if it's if it's going in it's going in so oh, it went so it was so weird it was so weird like you would never teach anyone to shoot like that obviously <laughs> you've been on the court with guys like jason tatum brad beal joel Embiid, uh chet holmgren what's what are some things you took away from those workouts or what's what's the most memorable thing you've picked up being around nba all-star caliber guys um 
Well, Joel Embiid, that he was like the he was like my bucket list one because I'm such a fan of just I'm a huge fan of like mid post game. Same. <laughs> I just I love it. It's it's my favorite thing. Um and I did so and, and because of the like the size of my driveway, I did so much of it growing up. Like without even knowing it, especially when I was younger, but um uh, he was on my bucket list for guys I ne- I didn't uh, I hadn't guarded yet with Drew and everything because he likes to keep everything. Joel likes to be very private, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I got I did get to guard him this past summer, and um, <laughs> as far as things I took away, like he's just he is so massive. Um, the funny thing is I've never been like scared to guard any of these, these guys, um, or like intimidate or anything like that. But like, I I think the first summer I was like a little, um, you know, not overwhelmed, but like starstruck type thing. And then after that, it was like, I, I, because when you go back and help every summer, it's like you see those guys again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I've been here before type thing. Um, but Joel, I've never been more scared guarding somebody because like he'll he'll knock you around. Um, so that was that was a really cool experience. But as far as like things you take away is they have they have no uh they have no extra movement in anything they do. Like they are so sharp and like now when I watch NBA, like when I watch those type of guys in the NBA and you just look at like, there's no, there's never any wasted movement. Um, like uh, Drew always talks about trimming the fat. So uh, for example, if, if, if I'm doing, if I'm driving and I need to stop and go between the legs and change direction, a lot of times players either like hop or they take an extra step or they don't stop effectively, whatever it may be. Um, and, or their, their foot placement is way off. Uh, and so when they change direction now, when they take off again, they're like off balance or, um it's just awkward um and when you watch these guys it's just like okay like when they stop like their back foot could not be in a better position than that when they when they do stop like they stop on a dime they don't you know they don't have any extra movement so like drew talks about trimming the fat with everything that's one huge thing i took from him it's like okay or like Uh, With shooting, I like to say get rid of like jagged edges in your shot. So think of like a, like say I got a tree branch or something and there's a bunch of, you know, limbs off of it, like just jagged, sharp, sharp edges or something. I just want to smooth that out as much as I can. Um, Or another example, like when Drew says trim the fat, like take a fatty piece of steak and just take all the fat off of it and just leave, leave like the lean meat type thing. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. So now when I watch these guys on TV, I'm like, yeah, there's, it's just, 
every step, every dribble happens when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. With those guys, I mean, you see it, like you said, when you watch and just some of the best offensive players make the guys in front of them look like they're not even there. They look like oh, a, look it's, like a cone. Like, and it's, yeah, and it's those details. It's that foot placement, like you said, and to see that up close had to be a great experience. Yeah, it's just it's effort and it's effortless for them too, which it's yeah, it's what it's wild to watch. Obviously, like like some like Drew's working with like some of the best you know one on one players yeah in the game. So like when you think back to think about like when I was grow like when I was growing up like think about the Spurs. Like they didn't do they didn't do any of that. Like the the only real one on one guy they had was like when they called an action for Tim Duncan to get mid post, you know, and his move moves and movement were very basic and simple. They relied on ball movement unless uh, they relied more on ball movement unless on uh, you know one on one play or somebody's number getting called or things like that. So, which I like. I mean. I, 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 you can't speak for everyone, but like, I, I think a majority of people that actually understand basketball and watch basketball, they probably prefer watching that more than <laughs> the ISO play. I, I mean, it, it is what it is, but like, um, like if you watch, uh, if you watch like a Euro league game, yeah. there's none of that. There's none of that. There's none of that. And that stuff that stuff's fun to watch. Definitely. Yeah. From uh like you said, if at a higher level, <laughs> tuning in the Euro League is is a dream. It's like watching those so, early two thousand Spurs. Yes, it's so cool. Yeah. So cool. What's uh what's the most rewarding part of training for you? Um I know I said it I know I said it in that local hoops article, but um the most rewarding part is seeing having a kid that I've worked with or um, um, having an impact on them uh, as a player and just as a person in general. And then, uh, you know, whether it's, whether they go to college, whether they play college basketball, whether they, you know, have a really good high school career and they're happy with, you know, just having a good high school career. And then, you know, them always being uh, a friend or acquaintance down the line um uh just have having an impact having an impact on um other other people's lives and like giving them something especially if they go to college and play college basketball like very few people get to do play any college athletics so um especially like and and have a good college career that's a big one it's like i i want to give as many players as i can a great college career because i because i ultimately didn't have a very good college career individually so it's almost like i'm filling the void of what i didn't get but i'm filling it with all these like collectively all these players Wow, that's an incredible answer. That's very selfless of you. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what's next for you? What's next for high end hoops or anything on the horizon? I know you got recently got into a facility. 
your I own did. facility. Congratulations. Um, we, we, we've been there for a year. Um, been there for a year and, um, you know, have the court, have four, have one court, one high school length court, have four baskets. Uh, got two shoot away shooting machines, top of the line ones. Um, uh, we're, we're pretty much, we, we've pretty much grown into that facility as much as we can. Uh, can't really put any more money into it, uh, to make it any better than it is. Um, so, <laughs> in the process on some stuff, whether it happens or not, we'll see, but, uh, I'm really hoping, you know, a few things fall into place and, uh, maybe we'll expand, uh, into more space, but, um, a lot of things have to fall into place the right way. So, um, I actually just got done with last night, uh, last, actually I had two, um, no, I had three games in the last three nights. Uh, I coached junior high, uh, seventh and eighth grade boys basketball the last five years at uh, private Catholic school. And uh, I started that to get a gym at first. And then I loved the parents and I loved the kids so much. I just kept doing it. Uh, but I think this year is my final year of it because it's taken so much time from business. And I lost out of, I lost out on on a lot of money this winter because of it. <laughs> so it uh, probably needs to be done. Uh, but uh, now that we, you know, uh, seventh grade was done after Monday, eighth grade last night, we lost a heartbreaker. So we're done now. Um, and now, I'm, you know, I'm back to uh, all in on the uh, business side. So, um, yeah, a lot of hard work uh, to go um, for this month of February and um, hopefully get some things to fall into place for this next step. I don't really want to say what the next step is, but obviously the big one is getting more space. So that's where it's where heads at right now, because I got something something in the mix that if it if, if things fall into place, it could be a really big deal. Um, not just in Bloomington normal, but like in a 60 mile radius, I think it'll be really special. So, um, we'll see. Cause I, I don't want to keep talking about it too. Cause the more I talk about it, the more like, I, I don't want to force something to happen. Yeah. Cause I think, I think that's, um, you know, me and my fiance are big on everything happens for a reason. Um, and uh all we can do is uh control what we can control and if uh you know we don't like something we have no control over it's fine like move on <laughs> which is really hard to do sometimes but you just gotta let it go yeah that's a great mindset to have well hopefully those things do fall in place yep. um i like to end every episode with what's one piece of advice you'd go back and give your younger self so from everything you've learned through your playing coaching your time working in in chicago doing sales what's one piece you'd go back and and tell yourself um i mean probably write what i just said there at the end 
And funny enough, uh, I for our for my junior high season this year was seventh and eighth. Um, I I told him this day one at the beginning of the year. This is what this is what we need to be about all year long, which is the main point: control what you can control. Um, uh, and the big ones, uh, the big three we had were your energy, your effort, and communication. Um, because communication solves everything. Uh, you know, if, if there's a miscommunication on the court or no communication on the court, you know, now we have an it and something happens that we didn't want, want to happen. It's an issue. So it needs it. Communication will solve everything. And that, I think, I think that applies just about everything. If you control what you control again, energy, effort, communication, uh, you know, your attitude, um, uh, because it, it, if you do that, then adversity is, you know, any adversity you face is going to be, you know, you're going to be able to get through it. Uh, so like when I was in the worst possible spot, like I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff. So it took, it took me getting to the lowest point to, you know, be convinced, Hey, this isn't what I can have something different than what I currently have, but I can't, I can't have this, uh, you know, poor me mindset. It's, it's gotta be, Hey, this happens. I don't like it. It is what it is. I can't do anything. If I can't do anything, if I can do something about it, then I'm going to, I'm going to put effort into it. I'm going to put effort and energy into something else to do something about it. But if I can't, I'm just going to keep, keep going. I'm going to tunnel vision. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. That's definitely something you'd like to keep in mind throughout the, the whole journey, but it's at times harder than others for sure. Very, very. Well, uh, where can, where can people find you? What are your, your social handles, some training clips that people can see or, or anything we, where we, where can we check you out? Yeah. So, um, so socials, uh, at Brandon Hyen on, uh, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I think it's high end Brandon on Twitter. Um, try to do more Twitter, but it's, it's hard. <laughs> Cause I don't like, I don't like, I'd rather just do more video and stuff like that. But, um, which I guess I could do on Twitter. It's just not, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. At Brandon Hyen on socials and then at, uh, Hyen hoops on socials as well. Um, H E Y E N hoops. Um, cause when I say Hyen, people always mess up that last name. So, <laughs> but yeah. Great. We'll tag those links and sites below. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, for sure.